You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. You know who it is. It's the highest host, Adam Hill, baby, chilling out right here with that. Oh, you hear that? Tickling them ebonies and ivories. Yes, dude. Kentron in the building. Good to see you, baby. Thanks for coming through. And shout out to everybody who is uh, tuning in right now, listening wherever you're at. If you're in your car or at your house or at work or trimming your butt or in a dispensary or in the garage or just wherever the fuck you watch this. You on Twitch, I see you because you know we stream this live as well. I appreciate y'all for joining us. Y'all could be doing anything in the world right now, being wherever the fuck you want. And you uh, chilling with your highest host, Adam Hill, baby. I appreciate you, dude. And one big, huge shout out, dude, to all the growers out there real quick. You already know I show you guys... Uh, more love. I, I want, You guys should deserve the flowers. You guys should get your flowers right now, dude. All right? Because without you guys, none of us will be out here enjoying this lifestyle, having this culture, creating this community. So without the growers, dude, we wouldn't be out here. So thank you, dog. Thank you. If you got one plant or 10 plants or 100 plants, 1,000 plants, a closet, a basement, a warehouse, a mountainside, uh, 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 fuck, even in your RV, dude I've seen grows everywhere We appreciate you, dude and, and you know who else I want to give a shout out to? This guy sitting right next to me, dude My guest The guest of the podcast tonight A pioneer in the space uh, A legend uh, A master marketer I think he won marketer of the decade or something uh, It sounds good, but we'll say that He, uh Owns a lot of brands. He has a Green Street agency, and he has the one of the biggest buildings for our culture. And he created a great workspace in the Green Street building in downtown. Got a big festival coming up. Worked with a lot of your favorite celebrities and brands and and uh, has done a lot of shit, dude. And he's very... Uh, uh, you know what? He's very inspiring, dude. And enough about me talking, and let's hear this man's voice and get to it. I'm talking about the man, Rama Mayo, baby. Hi, yeah, baby. Hi, Adam. How you doing, dude? I'm super good. I'm sorry about the traffic. I know LA is kind of crazy. It's okay. You know, I'm an 818 baby. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know where we are. To be honest. <laughs> we're we're in the valley. We're at Hey Studio. I it came through Malibu. Did you was, know that. You came through Topanga? Yeah. Like, like they gave you the back? It was like downtown through the 10. So 10 to the to PCH. PCH. PCH Topanga through Topanga the hill. through the hill. Was it a and nice I, drive? It was a beautiful drive. Yeah. Sunset and everything. Yeah, well, that's good But I was, I was like freaking out on the Uber guy because I thought he was going the wrong way because it's Cause you, on, on yeah. my thing and had us going up through the valley the whole way. Yeah. But, but was, of course, PCH much nicer. Nicer. The yeah. drive's better. It's probably less miles too. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, well, we love that. We love Topanga, dude. Topanga's a great spot. Yeah. There's a lot of cannabis in Topanga. You grew up here in Woodland Hills or no? I grew up in the valley. Like, I claim all of 818. You know, my preteen years was North Valley. Look, it's not about me, Rama. It's about you right now. Listen, I, they know about me, bro. Please. Speaking of Rama, well, that's a very interesting name, dude. Yeah, my mom, uh, speaking of cannabis growing, my mom, uh, you know, has grown cannabis for years. Shout forever, out to moms! You know, and uh, she actually named me Rama, super hippie, you know, name. Uh, and recently, uh, I should show you the text because I should just screenshot it and post it. But 
we're doing the Green Street Festival coming up, like you mentioned, and we partnered with the Emerald Cup Awards. We're yes. The Emerald Cup Awards uh, as part of our festival. And my mom just texted me, can I enter my oil in the Emerald Cup? What? And what kind of oil? Like, uh, like, uh, she's like, doing like, um, like a, when you say oil, that's very like right. Tincture. Okay. Tincture. Yeah. It's like hash oil. Is it tincture yeah. oil? Yeah. Is she's making tincture. She's okay. probably getting her weed, growing weed, probably, uh, or maybe buying it and then making like, uh, you know, tinctures for her, her family and her friends and stuff, you know? Processing it, yeah, yeah, like just oil-based kind of, you know, like, so like olive food? oil based, like like uh, olive oil, or yeah, like, I would imagine it's olive oil. Like, we can we can text her, you know. We yeah, can I'm out, interested you know? to see what she's getting all her for her uh, colleagues, so you know. She texted me and said, "Can I enter my 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 oil <laughs> in the cup?" Oil, yeah, and I was like, "Are you legal?" I was like, "Well, you can't because you need to have a license." So her response instead of "Oh, never mind," was, "Okay, I'll work on that." What? So are you gonna help moms get a license? Because um, she, she's cultivating in Massachusetts, so it wouldn't couldn't really do it you here, you know. Because you are a part of. Because I'm gonna get into Green Street Fest. I want to talk, but you talking about uh, uh, you are a part of a lot of brands with a lot of celebrities, dude. Like I, one of my experiences was uh, I got to meet uh, Gary V. Yeah, through you, Gary. Gary Vaynerchuk. We'll yeah. talk about that. I he got follows to follows you on Instagram. Not anymore because my account got deleted, so oh, he's not following fuck. my new account. So Sorry. my clout's kind of gone. Uh, next time I see him, I'll, I'll do my same. Yeah, he likes you a lot. Well, I pre- that's good. I like to hear that. Thank you. Uh, also, I got to meet two chains and see two chains multiple times yep. Yep. through y'all. Um, Juicy J, I got to run into. Uh, there's just been like the celebrities and, and musicians are just crazy, bro. How did that happen? Are you, have you always been connected or is this just? Um, well, I did a record label for a long time, like for 12 years. I managed artists and put out a bunch of bands. So that's why we work with so many musicians now is because I can speak booking agent and manager and that kind of stuff. You know, I understand how to, to work with them and I can understand the value I can provide and, and what we can get from them. And, uh, you know, the celebrity thing is kind of a difficult conversation in cannabis because no one has really done the can- the celebrity thing right. You know, I'm sure like people talk shit about it all the time. Listen, or whatever. dude, you know, I'm a real you know? smoker, Rama. Yeah. So, you know, we, yeah, exactly. We, so we say real opinions here. Yeah. So, you know, the, so we've had chances to work with hundreds of celebrities and we've really only picked the ones that we truly feel you know have supported cannabis and the musician, even even back to Sublime with Rome and Dirty Heads like you know, we, I look at it like the musicians have been normalizing and promoting weed the most. Organically. Organically. Yes. Like, I mean, like these guys have been rapping or singing about weed yes. for decades. Yes. Why shouldn't they participate and profit from yes. it now? You know, so, so that's kind of like the, that's like the first stage of it. And then um, with Gary V being our partner, we kind of have a luxury of deciding who we want to work with. You know, so it's really about the person themselves yes. and, you know, the personality and getting to meet them and, you know, and, 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 you know, even how you started the show, the cultivators, we believe are the celebrity chefs, you know, they're going to be, I just keep pointing to the camera. That's yeah, they're there. Yeah. So, so the, the celebrity, the, the cultivators are the celebrity chefs. They're, they're the most important part of this. Yes. Absolutely. Thank the you. genetics, of course. But, you know, the, our, our, my mentor, Shep Gordon, uh, super mensch. You know, we we were talking with him a lot, and he coined the term celebrity chef, and he's the one that kind of helped create Food Network and bring the, the programming there, and he managed all the celebrity chefs that exist. Hey, and, um, and he eats good. He eats good, for sure, and, <laughs> and he loves weed. And he sat with us 10 years ago and said, 
you know, the, the celebrities are fine, but they're kind of like the Oscar Mayer or the Chef Boyardee of the space. You know, even Snoop and, and, and Wiz and these people, like, they don't really grow weed. You know, no. they smoke it, but they don't really know much about it beyond that. So, but until the celebrity kind of cultivators and the geneticists, until they come out of the woodwork and are, are, aren't scared to be the face of stuff, you know. Um, which we're seeing a lot of now. Which we're seeing a lot of now, yeah. thankfully. They're all coming out of the closet. And then the big, the second problem is you can't buy ads that work. You know, you can buy Facebook and Google in the mainstream industries, but you can't buy it in cannabis. And that's what the celebrities give you access to. You know, they can, they have the access. Which, to, which I have, like, a little issue with because these celebrities can post their weed all day and tell yeah. you where they can get it and show you it and be like, oh, it's available now. And then someone like me, a delicate dude from the Valley who just has a passion for cannabis, posts some weed and then I get deleted. Yeah, but don't hate the player, hate the game. I'm, I'm mad, dude. I'm mad. Yeah. I'm mad. Yeah. I'm, I'm mad at players. Well, I, th I think it's good, though. I think overall, again, the people that are posting it, like the <laughs> Seth Rogen. I, I remember when Seth Rogen posted his shit, and there was a big, like, uproar in, in the cannabis community. Like, how can he post? Yeah. How can he get away with it? Yeah. And that's good for us. And Seth Rogen, who else has helped cannabis more? That dude made, that dude for sure helped normalize cannabis more than any cannabis brand. We spoke about Seth Rogen in the past. He said he invented Pineapple Express. I don't know. I don't know you know what that. I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah. like, after he said that, I'm like, yeah. listen, Seth, yeah. look, yeah. we accepted you. You're cool, but now you're just going too much right now, dog. Did he Maybe, actually say that? Yes, he's quoted. You saw him say that, he, though? It's quoted. He said yeah, it. Yeah, but you've been misquoted before. I have been misquoted. Yes, it's true. But look, look, it's been an article. And, like, invented it for sure. He, he popularized made it popular. It. That's what I was going to say. Course. He popularized it, like, made it mainstream. There's, that, there's the Pineapple Express brand like, that's happening yeah. or whatever. I don't know them, but absolutely, if if... Seth Rogen movie didn't happen. They don't call it that. Yeah, just you know like I mean? just like Jimi Hendrix popularized Purple Haze. Like certain celebrities popularized Snoop Dogg with the Chronic. Yep. You yep. know what I'm yep. saying? Great like there is celebrities with certain strains that yep. they like Khalifa yep. Kush. You know, you start branding it yourselves. Yeah, and that's great. That's great, especially when you're involved with yep. it but, and know you what know, you're growing. And I, you know, you you and I obviously have talked a lot. You know, I still kind of jokingly say keep cannabis illegal. Right, so I don't want it to go federally legal today. Of course, people in jail and stuff, they all should be out. So that's like the only yeah. hard weird thing about saying something like that. But, you know, to me, the- Did you see my post the, the other day? No, I Sorry for sure. cutting you off. No, no, I'm sure. I said we should, 215, February 15th, should be a national holiday that we celebrate, mm. honoring the 215 prop that basically sure. gave us what we are sure, and who we are. Day? 215 It's kind of hard because you're right after us. Uh, Valentine's, Valentine's Day, day but that's, you know, who cares? And Super Bowl. You know, Super Bowl's not always the same weekend, but uh, two fifteen day, dude. Okay, I'm down. I like you. You invent holidays. I did, did cool eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Gary told me something he wants to do called like Tuesdays, and it's a lock in from like you know midnight or super early in the morning. I forget, but it's like all day Tuesday. You have to come. You can't leave. Super invite only, and like tons of people won't come because it's such a commitment. But because of that, it will be <clears throat> in theory. You know, the people that are there are super, super high quality. Yes, yeah, filtered. Yeah. Filtered, Just like yeah. your clients. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What? And we don't really even have the agency anymore, you know, speaking of the clients. Yeah. You know, I, I don't really like clients. I'm sick of them. And Gary told me I didn't have to work with them anymore if I didn't want to. You're them. like, yes. Yeah. So let's go back real quick, Rama. Let's go back because 
I want to know how Rama got to where he is today, marketer, amateur fisherman, an, yeah. a furniture builder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you have to have some, like, furniture. Like, where did it's that all, come Yeah, skateboarding and punk rock. How did that, so how, how were you? Uh, how were you as a kid? How were you as a student? Were you like a good student? Did you pay attention? Were you? Yeah, I was super scared to you know a single mom and she really worked a lot. So um, and you grew up in in the in Massachusetts in the East Coast. Yeah, yes. yeah, freezing cold there. Though. Okay, terrible there. Um, I don't understand why people live there. Yeah. <laughs> when the when the weather can kill you, don't live there. Well, now you know why rent is so expensive out here in yeah. LA. Well, dude. it's more expensive there. Is it? Oh yeah. Oof. It's crazy. I went there for a Freedom Rally a couple oh, yeah, times. Yeah, so that's an so Freedom Rally is interesting. Um, I went to that a lot, but when I lived in Boston, I did basically like a straight edge like record punk record label for most most when? part. Um, two thousand? No, sorry, nineteen ninety four to two thousand and so ninety four is like teenager life. I'm assuming. I was fifteen. Yeah. So high school. High school. So you're in high school. You're a good student. Yeah. You, you love punk rock. What yeah, you, what's your yeah. passion? Punk rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was skateboarding in high school. But you're straight and edge. I not. Uh, I wasn't. I never put an X in my hand. I was about to ask. That was my yeah. next question. I never did that. <laughs> yeah, I never put the X in my hand. But my roommates and friends were straight edge, uh, for sure. When, when I went to college, and uh, <laughs> I'm throwing the X up, dude, for straight edge. Uh, I love. I have some of my best friends are still straight edge. No, that's amazing. Um, but no, I was going. I was in high school. I went to a vocational high school. I don't know if you have that out here, but. It's essentially like it's like a like a like a trait. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like they yep. treat they, yep. you go there, but they give you a skill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's freshman year. You 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 do uh, ten different you know whatever you know different shops they call them, and um, you pick out what you want to do. And I ended up doing uh, like mechanical engineering. So 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 sophomore year. Which, yeah, that's brain big brain shit. It, I, yeah, maybe. So what you, wait, I, what? I, I like math a lot. I mean, oh. I had a full scholarship for mechanical engineering, and I, and I dropped out, and I ended up. Now I still owe money because I, I didn't want to go do that. But wait, uh, you owe money because you didn't go to college? I owe money because I I took I got a scholarship for a program that I didn't do. So you because, accepted the scholarship, but you never attended. No, I took the scholarship. I started attending eight a.m. calculus classes. I couldn't do it anymore, and I feel that I went. I switched my major to music, but I didn't. <laughs> but then I had to start pay, to take loans out and had to pay for for the college because I wasn't going for mechanical. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, but how, what made that? You were just doing math early in the morning. Like this isn't my life. Like yeah, literally, it, literally. Eight a.m. calculus. I like ride my skateboard to class. I'd get there. I'd look around. I would be like, this is not my people at all. This is like super nerd stuff and uh, not the, you know, I'm like not a nerd, but you know, it was just not, I, it just wasn't my community. Yeah. You, know? you just, it wasn't your passion. You were feel, it, you, like, yeah. you loved it, but it just wasn't like waking up at 8 a.m. to do calculus does not sound it, it was fun. Cr it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's in college, but in high school, you know, I, I went to this vocational school. I um, had a major of, of computers actually. Uh, which is crazy because this is 1990, right. you know, 1990. And, like, computers just came out, basically. Computers were as big as a studio. Yeah, 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 yeah crazy, you know. And um, not even color screens and stuff. And um, I got kicked out of that that major. And then the second backup was basically mechanical engineering. So you would do one week in shop and then one week in academics, back and forth. So 
So for seven days, so for five days, you know, eight hours a day, I would sit in this one room and mechanical engineering and we would draw stuff and they'd be like, you know, draw this, you know, ashtray or draw this thing and, you know, or make up a, right. a house rendering or whatever the fuck it was. Create something. You know, create some shit, right. you know, and usually it was like assignment. So they'd, you know, everyone would have to draw the same stuff and right. they could kind of compare who was doing the best job or whatever, you know. And, and then, then you like, would learn from this. And, and it was and like physical pen and paper, like with a pencil. What Before you know? computers. Before yeah. computers. AutoCAD was just coming out and so we had that at the end. But it was really like pencil drawing, architecture, and um, and you're you're in, you're into art because I see I you have art. your little smiley face. You have yeah. a whole art gallery. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love art. Are I had you, an art gallery for long, ten years. Maybe, is that yeah. something that might have liked the mechanical engineering because you had to draw and create shit or <laughs> um, use your brain, yeah, sure. use math, and draw, yeah, like sure. use some of these things? It's a, it's a combination of all that. It's probably like the punk rock merch and, and band shirts and flyers mixed with the skateboard graphics, and then you know the kind of back to that skateboarding punk rock side of it in punk you go to a show and the stage is a foot tall and there's no barrier and the security is basically people that work there like that are part part of the community if there is even security and there's like people selling zines and people selling like records and you know little distros and people making like vegan cookies or whatever and you know it's like a whole like, like economy little, and ecosystem right, a whole little, little village lot, you know yeah, yeah you know so and so I'm, I'm in, I'm a sophomore in, in high school, a kid that's a junior in high school, his name's Dickie Cummings. What a great name. Uh, amazing name. His brother's Ben Cummings. Great. And, um, Is there a Harry Cummings? His dad, I'm not sure his dad's name, but it could be. <laughs> Richard? And Yeah, yeah. Well, the Rich, yeah, <laughs> Dick, Dick, yeah. Dickie Richard. So, um, and. Rich Senior. He was in a band with a couple other amazing musicians that are like kind of famous musicians now and stuff. Can we name and, drop? Um, well, he was in a band called Knockdown, and in Knockdown was Aaron Dahlbeck. Aaron Dahlbeck is in a band called Bane and was in a band called Converge. So, like, these are, like, they sound the, heavy. the biggest of the Boston bands that exist, okay. basically. And then uh, Trey McCarthy was in the band. Trey now runs a record label called Death Witch, Death Wish, which, which is, like, a huge punk rock record label still. And um, <coughs> Dickie was in my class in engineering. So he was like, he'd be like, hey, like, come come to the show this weekend or we're playing or whatever. So I'd go see the band play. And then Dickie and I would hang out at school like for hours, like when we're supposed to be working on stuff. Right. And we just talk about shit we could do together. So we started a zine um, called Pez. And you never played a, an instrument? I, I couldn't play an instrument. And the reason I do this is because I couldn't play an instrument. You're like, I can't be in the band. I but. tried to play drums. I tried to play all the shit. I could not do it. I have no rhythm. <laughs> and I wanted to be a part of it. So it's exactly that. So you're like, let me do the back end of this shit. Yeah, let's, it was let like, me help you all yeah, out. booking shows and management and putting out records. It's exactly that. So that yeah. shit started at a young age. You were hustling at already 15, creating yeah. this shit. Yeah, 15. Maybe maybe, maybe even earlier. But yeah, 15, I was doing shows, you're, like full on. Like when you say doing shows, like you would have a house party or like you would rent no, out a venue? Rent a, yeah, rent out a VFW hall or a little Elks Lodge or something, you know. But, and how would you get, as a 15-year-old, are you selling tickets, like pre-selling? Yeah, are you, no, and, no, at the door and there's no pre sell tickets and the venue there was no internet there was no there was no facebook there was no there's cell phones you would just pass out flyers we, in school flyers and- literally we would we would because we we're in shopping there for eight hours and i was you know you said like were you good at school i was i had basically straight a's and i was on the on the drawing side i was crushing it i was one of the best in the class so and they and i was like you know charming or something so you had personality i would tell the teacher hey i, I don't i need to go to the bathroom i'm not feeling good and i would go out to the payphone and i would call bands from all over the country 
and I'd book them from the payphone. Stop it. And then twenty five cents. Well, we had, we had a dialer. Do you know what a pocket dialer is? You to do you're maybe you know that. so there was a little box here that you would make the mimic the sound of a quarter and mimic the sound of a dime and a nickel. And so you'd d- d- dial the number and it would say, okay, insert two dollars and eighty cents. You put the thing up to the thing and do 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 do, and it would mimic the sound of no, a quarter going what? in. So I booked entire tours. I booked an entire music festival just using a pocket dialer. Oh my god! Well, and when I was using the payphone, I was I had the one eight hundred collect or one eight hundred call att. Remember that? Yep. And then yep, so yep, you yep. would have like you know you have a collect call from, and then I'd be like it's Adam, come pick me up. Yeah. And then I would hang up. Yeah. And then like right. my mom would be like, all right, he's ready. <laughs> So that's like how I would use it. I never yeah. had like yeah. a fucking fancy yeah. pocket yeah. dialer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we would we would go out and use the bathroom basically or whatever bathroom break. We'd make some phone calls, um, and we'd book the shows. And there was no internet, so we we'd make a flyer. We'd sneak into the print lab at the school. We'd use the photocopy machine, and or we'd have a friend, and he would make the flyers for us. And then we would go to other shows, and you'd go to five shows, and you'd hand out the flyers. and Stand in front while they come out. Absolutely, 100%. Just old school style. I remember that shit. So how'd you get that, like, how'd you get that spark to do this? Like, how'd you get into punk? Who gave you this, like, motivation to start hustling? Was this just like... Yeah, skateboarding, I would say. Like, the the soundtrack to skateboarding at the time was a lot of punk stuff, you know, so... Um, I'd probably attribute to that and even like the DIY mentality of it like in skateboarding you said you know you said build furniture earlier you know I build furniture now because I used to build skateboard ramps so I know how to use a saw and a nail gun and you know the fucking angles and you're a mechanical engineer so you can draw it out draw it all that's exactly right that's exactly right that's exactly right so you make your own furniture yeah like you what like when you say furniture like couches beds chairs Uh, yeah I built all those what's your favorite like um piece to make no I don't have a favorite you're just like I need a chair let me make a chair yeah yeah and you just go to like Home Depot and buy wood and sometimes yeah. Stop it. Yeah. That's so amazing, yeah, dude. Yeah. That's... I have all the tools and stuff, you know. So. Is there furniture that I've seen that you made that I don't know you made? Um in the in the like for the at Hall of Flower um at Green Street now on the fourth floor, the showroom floor, yes. we have like a big chunky wood table that has like two big like wooden slabs. I've seen, top, yes. you know, so I built that. That was a treat. And you're just like, I'm gonna make a Yeah, there was table. a tree on the side of the road and you Bliss. know we, we I bought the slabs and I you know, pulled the bark off and sanded it down and stained it and clear coated it. And I salvaged some old legs from a from a table that was like destroyed on the top and had some cool little wooden legs. And I built a bench with it. But um yeah, you know, it's just anything to be off the computer. You yeah, know, it's, it's like a thing. You know, that so anything I can do to distract myself. That's fucking you know, amazing, dude. Build with my hands. But again, that was I I learned it building skateboard little ramps and stuff, you know? And then so skateboarding and how did you discover skateboarding? You just were a 90s kid and your skateboarding was a thing, so you just picked yeah. it up because everyone was doing it? Yeah, my, my next-door neighbor growing up who's passed away from a drug overdose, um, unfortunately, Casey, uh, he um, was a little bit older and he was across the hallway from me uh, in an apartment building. We grew up in, like, you know, super poor, shitty, like, apartments kind of thing all my life. And, you know, he was just another poor kid that lived across the street. He actually happened to have a skateboard. Uh, he had a, a good friend that fucking ripped on the skateboard was unbelievable like could have gone pro kind of thing and um i just saw them skating so it was like riding your bmx around you know riding the skateboard riding the big wheel around and um you know my mom was really poor and one thing she did do is splurge and get me a a very 
she invested into a good skateboard for me. And, uh, you know, I watched all the videos and then kind of grew up. Met, and it was skateboarding back then, no one did it. So if you saw anyone on skateboard, you were like best friends. Holy yeah, shit. You know you're what I mean? Cool. So, super cool. I remember you know? the skateboarding kid in my apartment growing up when you said that. I was like, yeah. I remember that one kid that lived down the yeah. way in the yeah. courtyard. Yeah. He would always be doing ollies and kickflips. So I'm like, I'm on a skateboard. That's right. And I was never really good, but, you know, I, <laughs> I could, could cruise. I could cruise. You know? <laughs> and yeah, exactly. You know? And, um, I'm a delicate dude. I get injured. And I'm yeah. like, I can't do it. I can't roll a blunt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, that's it. I went, so then school was, was you know, the, the the mechanical engineering thing. In high school, I started booking more shows. I worked with a friend to book a festival, you know. So I did a festival when I was, I'll say 16, maybe even 15, but we'll call it 16, Um it was in New Bedford, Massachusetts, called the New Bedford Fest. If you can look it up online, it's like kind of famous. And um, three thousand kids showed up. And this is before the internet and before cell phones. You're like, you know, three thousand. Yeah, it's a lot. And yeah. I and I booked. The, you know, I called bands and uh, you know, big famous straight edge bands, Strife, Earth Crisis. These bands, I booked them. From and were you payphone. were you straight edge or were you smoking uh, weed uh, yet? Uh, no, high school. I didn't smoke weed till twenty five. Oh what? Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll get into yeah, that after of, this. Yeah, none of the friends were like doing smoking weed or drinking Everyone, or anything. Yeah. When we say straight edge, uh, if people don't know what straight edge is, it means like sober, no drugs, no drinking, nothing, dude. They don't consume any. Everyone knows what straight edges. Right? I don't know. There might be some people that don't know what straight edges. Yeah. So it wasn't militant at all, but it was just no, it's like just a choice. You know, yeah. And it wasn't like yeah. You know, it was the, a choice. And the bands that I put out were, were like some of the most famous straight edge bands ever of all time, but they were all fun. They were super positive, fun bands. Ken, did you know what straight edges? I just learned. Did you, did you know what it was oh, wow. when I said we were people of straight edge? No. It kind of no. made sense. I kind of think I knew where you. But you didn't know it before yeah. I explained it. Did you yeah. know what straight edge was? No, you didn't, right? Not. Definitively, but I think I knew you, where you were going. You with had it. an idea, yes. There you go. Yeah. Well, we we confirmed. It means yeah. sober. Sober, yeah. <laughs> so, it means sober. It means like you know, clear-headed. And yeah. again, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm so happy that I was that, because if I was you know drinking and drugging in high school and then in college, I wouldn't have probably been motivated and and took the took the time to build the businesses and and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, but. You know, I went to high school for that. I did a bunch of festivals. I, I had started the record label with Dickie. We started putting out bands. And then um, I went to school, like I said, for mechanical engineering, and I switched to music. And I, I, it's, I love that the piano's here because I don't have a college degree because I failed one class three times. It was piano. It was piano. Stop it. Failed college because of piano. What? Because at that time, the, the music industry program, piano and musical theory three were required. They literally said, if you can't play piano, you cannot be in the music industry. Oh, my God. And I, at the time, am booking shows. I have records like, out. What? I'm doing tours. And I'm like, you guys are fucking crazy. I'm in the music industry more than you guys are. Yeah. You know? So, um. You're like, what are you trying to, I'm already making money doing this shit. Yeah. Like, what, yeah. what are you It was doing? crazy. That's so, so crazy. No, but I used college to, to not have to get like a, 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 a jerk job. And I, you know, took the student loans and, you know, paid rent and stuff and built the label with that. And networked. Know, so. And, and network. Because yeah. I'm sure yeah, that's, that's a great. Yeah. Because I feel like that's, that's what is a major key to any successful business or company is networking and work and 
meeting and working with people that one you vibe with and two y'all can help each other out. Yeah, you're different. Yeah. Well, you know, so you mentioned the building in downtown. For in Boston, I had a music building like this, and I had ten businesses in the the music building. We had other record. I had a record label. I got a big office. I had other record labels in there. I had management companies. I had booking agents. I had PR. I had recording studios. So I had like a whole, every like cool music business that was in Boston was all in this one little building. So, you know. So you had like a micro, like like a, like a, you already had this concept and you created yeah. it, but on the East Coast, probably on a, not, Green Street's what, like 60,000 square 70, feet? Yeah, almost 75,000 square oh feet. Oh my God. What'd you have in Boston? Um, you know. 6,000. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Much different. Yeah. Much different. Much different. So what made yeah. you come to uh, California? What, how'd you yeah, come to L.A.? the lack of snow. Just, just like weather? Fucking weather. You've been, you came to L.A. before? I came to L.A. I came to San Diego. I had a couple bands from San Diego. The main one was a band called Jay June, and they lived in San Diego, but they went to school in Boston. And they would be like, come out for Christmas, and I would go to San Diego. They lived in Hillcrest. It's like January. It's snowing in Boston. Again, this is like before the internet, basically. Right, you right? couldn't so, see anything. So you don't know. You don't really know what's how good right. it is. Like and then, degrees. and then I'm like sitting outside. Like I remember, like sitting outside in my boxer shorts, eating cereal. Rob Halford from uh, Judas Priest walks by, and I was my mind was blown that it's like, and it wasn't expensive, and it was like cool scene, and we'd go out, and it was like cute girls and, yeah. and stuff like that, and um, and it was more affordable than Boston. And I kind of decided right then and there that I was going to move to to California. I would love to have moved to San Diego, but the music industry was really New York or Los Angeles. Yes. So since I had the label going, I decided to move. I kept an office in Boston. But when I moved to um, L.A., I did the same thing. I got a big office. I had Doghouse Records in there, which is All American Rejects and and Say Anything. I had uh, Hydrahead Records in there. (coughs) Excuse me. And um, I mean, you work with Jimmy Eat World, The Hives, At the Drive-In, Braid. Yeah, a lot of All America Rejects. Yeah, Say Anything. Say Anything. One. Yeah, many more, dude. Yeah, so many, Pie, bro. Piebald. Actually, I worked with a band called Piebald, and the 20-year anniversary of the album is right now that we put out, and they just put out a little video of me like talking about the album. But the same exact feeling I got from the men and women in these punk rock and indie bands that became huge. Jimmy World, we worked with them. We were playing basements and they grew into stadiums. But the exact same feeling I got from the men and women that were in the bands is the same feeling I got from the cannabis operators. Yeah, And that's why I did this. That's why I went full in on cannabis is because, you know, this is 10 years ago when we started Green Street. I was meeting these people and I'm like wow that's Jimmy World that's like the guy from the hives that's like the same kind of thing like these guys these guys and girls are going to be so fucking big even when I met you the same kind of thing right honestly like I know that it's just a matter of time before the people that are creating the community and the and, and you know become famous in it you know what I mean and I knew that I was an outsider I knew but I knew if I could provide value and survive off 2 bucks an hour that trust would be priceless you know, because I did Jimmy Eat World at the Drive in the Hives, International Noise Conspiracy, Pieball. These bands didn't have to have me put out the records. They did it because I fucked with them. And I was a huge fan and I really cared, you know. And I was around long enough that – and I'd go to the shows and travel and do the whole thing. And just like you, you know, trust me to even bring me on this and expose me to your audience, you know. Um, 
that was the whole reason why I started Green Street. And, and Josh, my partner, was his idea. Um, but the reason I said yes is because I kept meeting these people and I was like, wow, this is this is like indie rock all over again, emo, whatever you want to call it. But there's no Rolling Stone yet. There's no South by Southwest yet. There's no Coachella yet. There's not these platforms yet. So um, there were a couple like events, but nothing yeah, like yeah, some yeah. small ones, you know. Yeah. But like there but were they, like some cups and they then some th- sessions. There's, there's some that could have turned into those. Yes. But you know, there's some contenders, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, but then everyone, you know, you you learn from this industry too. There's a lot of egos and a lot of yeah, so much ego. A lot, a lot of like you know, people, a lot of phony homies. That's right. That's right. But, but yeah, uh, the same, it's the same exact feeling I got from the bands. It's the same feeling I got from the the, the brands. And, um, you know, we, our strategy was, you know, let's just get in, provide value. And, and hopefully, you know, we can have some kind of important impact on stuff that's going on, you know. So it's weird for you to call, like, and like, yes, I'm like, I think I'm the number one marketing guy in cannabis today. But it's, I also feel like that's the equivalent of being the number one tap dancer. Like, who cares? Yeah. Right? Like, I need to be the number one marketing guy in cannabis in five and ten years from now. Not today. Right now, there's, you know, the big agencies aren't even really in on it. Maybe a little bit, but, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's very anyone's game. Yeah. There isn't really, like, that one go-to cannabis consumer, like, that, that this is their passion, that like CNN will go to or like that Fox will go to or that like NBC will go to. They have like celebrities, but no one that's really in the business representing yep. the culture yep. appropriately. Yep. Yep. And, um, you know, we've been, I've been working. That could on, be you. I've been working, you know, I'm just a, a regular dude from the Valley who just has, a, you know, the my, when I first discovered cannabis, I found what my new passion was in life. And I just wanted to educate everybody on this plant because, you know, when I was growing up, everyone looked down on it. You know, family was like talking down to me like I'm a loser, and I'm like, all right, and here we are now. They're asking me for weed, asking me like, and I'm like, all right, bro, chill out. Well, you were you were right. Yeah, so like I see it, and you know, just being involved with, like you said, networking and you know, building those relationships because I was very fortunate enough to know a lot of these brands before they were brands as well. Before they, we were hanging out at my sessions, we were fucking chilling out in LA. So just. Keeping those relationships and knowing, you know, that you have a passion for it is what drives people to towards you and yeah. want to work with you because you also have one of the best events uh, in the cannabis space and it's one of the newer events and people talk about it all year and I'm talking, you know, what I'm going with this fucking yeah. Hall of Flowers, Hall dude. Of flowers, yeah. Hall of Flowers, and what I've learned is that wasn't your first convention. You've done like shows yeah. before. Cause I guess, yeah. like I said, you were into art, you're into music, you're into skating. Of course, fashion falls into there also. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. did some fashion. Look at yeah. you, dude. What are yeah, you doing? Very fashionable. You're just like culture. Yeah. So the, the fashion thing's really interesting. I was doing the record label. Um, and I, at that time I was working with Steve Aoki, you know, the DJ. The DJ with those pies and faces. Yeah, exactly. Cakes, the cake, the cake man. Or cakes. And um, <laughs> he had a punk label called Dimmock at the time. Now it's more of a mainstream label. But my bands would tour to California and they would play his apartment building. It's called the Pickle Patch. And it was a two-bedroom apartment in Goleta. And um, the bands would show up to like the, the concert and there would be just like his apartment. And like there'd be like 100 kids inside the in an thing. apartment. And like the bands would play. And this was 1996, 97. Like a vibe. You know, yeah, it was amazing. But this is, you know, 20 five years ago kind yeah. of thing and um 
I, before the internet. F- way, way before the internet. Before any of that stuff. And you like write letters to people. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And, uh, and you had to go sticker the town up. Yeah, straight up. And I was at the end of the record label stuff. I had started managing a band called The Explosion. We had a record label called Tarantulas. On the label was like The Bronx, The Distillers, Darker My Love, like um, some really great bands, uh, Static Age and uh, Lot 6. And um, and I, I met Aaron Levant. Aaron's my partner in Hall of Flowers now, and he was doing a trade show called Agenda. And agenda? A, agenda trade show. That's huge. Yeah, you know it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So is it, isn't that in Vegas usually? Uh, now it is, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And uh, and then Aaron went on to start ComplexCon as well. Yeah. But so Agenda, at the at the beginning, it was in a parking lot, kind of like a vibe with like a, or a parking garage kind of thing with porta potties and, you know. It was Six super, foot tables and pop-up yeah, tents. Yeah, straight up, yeah. you know. And, <laughs> and he asked me if Steve and I could get some DJs to do the music. And as part of it, he gave me a trade show booth uh, for the for clothing, and I had the band's punk rock merchandise that we'd sell at the shows. So I kind of brought that to the to the. You trade had show. like a merch booth, had a like merch a booth. general concert merch, merch booth. booth. Okay, and you know that 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 day changed my life. At a know, fashion honestly. show, it's like a, a fashion, fashion convention, it's a fashion I'm, trade show. You know what? I have my bands up here. I'm a record. Here's a booth. Here's their merch. If y'all want to buy the merch, pull yeah, up, support right. the band. That's right. What you would basically yeah. do. And then, but then what happened was, I learned about wholesale, and so like Japanese came by. I just kind of told the story on, on the High Rise podcast the other day, so I'll tell it quickly here. But this uh, the Japanese buyer came in. He pointed at a shirt with a spider on it or whatever. He said three hundred. I said, no, they're 16 bucks or whatever. He's like, no, 300 And I was like, no, they're $16. Like you thought he was trying to spend $300. I didn't know what was going a on. Shirt. And then he wrote down on a piece of paper, three, 16 times 300 And I was like, oh, my God. Ama- oh, my God. This is amazing. And then he pointed at all the rest of the shirts. 300 300 300 300 and I was my it, my life changed. And you're already selling it at retail, not even I'm wholesale. Not, not at retail. Well, I'm only selling it at retail. I'm not even selling it. That's to what shops. I'm saying. You're just like yeah. 16 bucks, and he's like, yes, at 16 bucks. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, what? what? You know what I mean? He's like, you know, like I'm, you, you're I'm, even trying to negotiate with and, me. Yeah, and I was like, do you know this band? Because the band was kind of popping, and the and the band, the other bands were, were doing he just well. Just like the style. And he's like the style. It's Japanese guy, big skull on it, punk he's like, rock, sell America. And then he's like, is this bad? Is this? And I'm like, no, this is good. And I showed him, and he liked it. And but he, yeah, it was just like fashion to him. He was just like, it yeah. looks cool. I like the design. Yeah. This yeah. shit will sell for a hundred dollars in right. Japan. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And Bro, he, and, and he, then and they paid you cash at the time. So he pulled out a fanny pack and he counted out just thirty chip, grand or whatever. This, it was that the first time you had a bunch of money of like course. that. Of course, yeah. Was, and then he handed it to me, and my whole life fucking changed. You're like, oh, okay, this is what it, this is what it feels like. I was like, what have I been doing this whole time? <laughs> you can't download the merch, and then. I went from not knowing anything about it to having what they call a showroom, which is when, you know, five or six or 10 brands will share a space and bring buyers through. Yeah. Obviously, that's what we had. That's what you we have now. Kind of you know? morphed into now. Yeah, that's what we have and, now. And, and like, you didn't just go like, I'm going to get an office or a space. You bought a fucking building in downtown. You guys just said, oh, look, I see a building. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. Well, it wasn't quite like that. But yeah, but we did buy a building. Yeah, I'm that, sure there was people involved, and there was a lot of negotiating and yeah, yeah, a lot of talk. Yeah, and, yeah, it's wild. And and downtown is not an, an an exciting spot to go to, but it's probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Down it was it was uh, well. So I told you I had this the space in Boston that everyone shared. Yeah, you know, and 
I did the same thing here. And I was renting a building with Josh, my partner, and I were renting a building. And um, the landlord pulled a super sketchy move on us and essentially just like shook us down for more money. And I told that to a stranger that I met at a restaurant here in Malibu, Soho House in Malibu. And the stranger said, you should buy a building. So someone just put that thought in your head. Yeah, and I was like, so, what? Like, I, I said, I can't buy a building. I can't even afford a house in L.A. Like, And he said, yeah. if you can get tenants to sign leases, we can buy a building no problem. Oh. And I thought he was full of shit because it was Soho House and it was weed investment, you know? And three months later, we bought the building we're in now. And you bought a building, and it's a nice-ass building. It's a fucking incredible building. It was a shithole when we bought it, but... Covered in art too. You have nice pieces all Thank over, you. bathrooms, hallways, elevator. It's just like wherever you look, there's art. Thank you. You have a passion for art. I see some of your work in there, your yeah. smiley faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a few paintings in there. How do you feel about NFTs? Love them. Yeah, are there Love. are you gonna have like NFT thingies? hundred percent. We already are working on well, yeah, for sure. So to <laughs> me, if you I cl- NFTs, I look at it a few ways because of the way I grew up, right? I look at them as baseball cards because I grew up, or comics because I grew up collecting that. Today, I look at it like art and like certificates of authenticity of the art, right? So when I buy like a sculpture or a painting or a whatever from an artist, I usually get like it's signed on the back, but I then also would normally get like a little piece of paper that goes with it. It's like you, you know, certificate of authenticity. This is a true artwork from whoever yeah. it is, blah, blah, blah. And then take a picture of them holding it, giving it to you. That's even the best. <laughs> if you can do that, that's the best. If, if you can have a photo of the artist with the art, yeah, that's that's even better. Ultimate. Right? What you do you know? mean it's fake? Look, he's that's, right here. That's exactly right. I'm no. in the picture too. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So so that would be the goal. And um, It's photoshopped. Yeah. And and with 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 NFTs with the blockchain, you know, it's a smart contract, so it's really just does that. But the paper, you don't have, you don't, you'll never lose the piece of paper. You know that authentic, authenticated. I bought that painting. Everyone knows what's going on. This is, it can, you know, it's, so it's a, it's the provenance, as they would call it, from the artwork. You know, so it's just a digital version of that. Where now they track it with paper, literally. Like if you buy a Picasso, it's like it had, was owned by this person and this yeah. person. It's like a piece of paper that you get. Nuts. This is like and obviously easy to forge. This is, you know, you can't forge it. So, so what if for, I just screenshot it? Uh, come on, you know this is stupid. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Don't be stupid. <laughs> and then I just yeah, create on. a motherfucking. It, it, so it's the same thing. It's it, the same way you can you can download a Picasso and print yeah. it out on your printer. Yeah, get posters. You know, I can download the Mona Lisa yeah. high res and print it and make it the same size. I've seen Monas on it's canvases. Not, it's not worth any money, yeah. you know. So. So that's how I look at it. And then as a brand, how I think brands should look at it, though, is the ultimate loyalty program. NFT is the ultimate loyalty program. If you make a product or or hard good or or cannabis product that you sell to someone or anything, any T-shirts or whatever, it it is the way you would build a loyalty program. So for me, I look at it a few different ways, right? And with with the NFT project we're working on right now, I'm – doing all three approaches. It is truly art. I hired and partnered with an incredible famous artist to do the art for the first project. It is it has utility to it, so it serves some kind of function, you know? You can get into the festival, you can have dinners at the building, there's like all these tie-ins there. Um, and then it has like some kind of um, collectible thing where you're gonna be able to trade them and there's gonna be extra bonuses. And you know, like I remember when I would buy the, base, the basketball cards and shit growing up, 
there'd be like the hologram card or whatever. You know what I mean? So, so I want to do that fun part of it too. I want it to be truly art and worth money one day. I want you to enjoy it along the way and have a cool, fun, collectible thing. And then I want it to provide, you know, utility as well. That way, in case, that way, when the NFT market crashes, at least you can come to the festival and come hang out and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and Gary, our partner, Gary Vaynerchuk, is obviously individually probably the leader of, of it right now. I mean, he's not CryptoPunks and Board 8, but as an individual human in the NFT space, he's probably the most famous one. So obviously he's working with us on the project and we are looking at what he's doing and, and making like a micro, micro, micro version of his, you know, of his V friends, you know? Of his, yeah, of his, because he's out here pushing everything, dude. Yeah. That guy, yep. that guy is a, uh, and you, how'd you run into him? You just, I, what I heard is you, because uh, uh, you were working with some mainstream labels at some time, mainstream brands. Yeah. Yeah, we were doing the mainstream stuff, Beats, Disney, DreamWorks, uh, Interscope, and I... Adidas, Pepsi, Nike. Yeah, the biggest brands in the world, basically, <laughs> you know? Everything I got stuck in, just the basic yeah. American brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we work with the biggest stuff. And, um, you know, Gary, I'm a, I'm a, a, a obsessive cold caller and you know i call it a demon dialer meaning i just like call someone 10 times till the answer i'm like a cold email i'm i'm a voicemail guy i'll fucking hit you up on dm i'll hit you up on linkedin if i want to meet with someone or connect with someone you reach out a hundred times i'll reach out I'll, I'll i'll email someone 50 times you know so or once and then be like all right well cool. sometimes it works you know <laughs> i'm getting better at it you know but with gary i emailed him I sent him packages. I sent him letter, physical stuff. I sent him. Still couldn't connect, and um, I sent him a, 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 a like a half sentence email that was basically talking about. You talked about some of the hip hop stars we work with. It was like, you know, do you want to meet these hip hop stars? And he and I knew he was in L.A. And I said I can bring them over to wherever you are. And he responded like just with the letter Y. I think like yes, you know, and copied his assistant Tyler on it. You know, who now runs the 137 brand. Yes. You know, Tyler. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Tyler. Yeah. Tyler's I know. The, yeah, yeah. I like Tyler. I like the whole squad. The, shout out to 137 PM too. Uh, what's crazy is you just doing that. It's just. Yeah. But okay. Be, but but it's not because it's being punk, like, yo, it's, but think of it. That's it's, punk it's, rock. It's full DIY. It's full do it yourself. I was going out and calling bands on the payphone. Now I'm just, now it's free to do it. Yeah. You know I mean, it's like I pay like hundred bucks a month for my cell phone bill. Might as well use it, you know? Yeah. So, and, and there's so many ways to access them directly, be it through the social media, yeah. be it through yeah. emails, yeah. be it yeah. through however. Yeah. But it's the, it's these days. Me, it's the, again, it's the exact same thing, you know? What? You hear that? You hear that? Just reach out. Reach out. You never know who's going to no. reply to. I would say if you really strategy is reach out, knowing they're going to look at it on their cell phone. And if they, and they're doing something super busy, so they have to be able to respond with a one word answer. That's the strategy. So you right? just, you can't be like, hey, can you meet sometime next week? Here's a, here's my calendar, or I'm coming in March. Can we meet up? It needs to be like, I'm coming on this thing. You know, can you meet up May fifteenth? Question mark. Yes or no. You know, what yeah. I mean? and normally they're gonna be like, if it's that simple, yes, copy something on it. That's actually gonna do the meeting. Right. You know? Or what? What? Or they'll respond like, what for? <laughs> well, I think you'd be like. I, I can provide you this value, you know, not like, can we get a coffee or something yeah. like that? You know, the craziest thing to me is I get emails now all the time and they're like, hey, we'd love to meet up. Here's my calendar below. Please pick a time that works for you. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't even click on it. I just go on to the next one. I'm just like this idea of, 
of, I mean, also, I'm busier now. Gary, I get, and you've met him before, we get six-minute meetings. We get literally like the schedule. The meeting will be like from six, from two p.m., two o six p.m. to two twelve p.m. Yeah, that's the meeting. You know what I mean? And then now it's gotten so good that I don't even use the whole meeting. I'm just like fully alley ooping it up. You know what I mean? And I'll prep it and get it ready and just like you know, yes, no, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So well, well, he does call you the Vince McMahon of weed. Of weed, yeah, yeah. Do you like that title? I you- uh, I used to love the title, and then. Um, I did a lot of work on where I want to be personally in the space. And Vince McMahon, like, takes his shirt off and, like, wrestles with everybody, you know? And he's, like, he's become Not anymore. Show. He did that. But he did that now in the middle. Old. Yeah. But, but I want Vince McMahon WWF style. Old you don't even know Vince. who he is. You know what I mean? He was he's a commentator. Like, yeah, he was, like, he's like kind of behind the scenes a little bit more, you know? Uh, so that would be it. But, yeah. But I like the work ethic. Yeah, he he is. He tried to create a new football division, dude. He was out here just like, you know what? I'm gonna create my own NFL. I'm gonna call it XFL. What? So listen, one of the questions I get asked a lot, um, especially doing this, because I know Andrew's been here throwing up the, the closing time yeah, sign, but yeah, I wanted yeah, to yeah. get this out real quick. I know you got uh, the festival coming up, but we're gonna close with that. But real quick, people always ask me, Adam, how do I get in the cannabis space? Adam. What's the first thing? Adam, I want to be in the space. What yep. do I do? And I always say, take the first job that's given to you in the space, whatever it is, dude. Packager, roller, just say, and then from yep. there you network and meet whoever and find out what you like. Kind of like yep. how they did yep. in your school. Like, For find sure. your fucking cr- sure. uh, crap. Yep. What would you say? Because I know you have some personal philosophies that yeah, you go by. I, I would say, um, well, I'll say I truly believe that an intern today in cannabis will be a CEO of a majorly huge cannabis company in three years. I, th- I think it t- will take only that long. If you're good at this and you can get in, like you said, take the first job, I would not take the first job. I would work nights and weekends somewhere else and I would find an intern with someone. Even now as a 45 year old adult, I would go intern somewhere um, knowing and and reaching out to the right people or people that you want to that you're probably inspired by so it's like do a bunch of research everyone is puts out their own content so you can see who everyone's like you know you can know if you want to work with someone like me or work with like someone like you adam or work with someone like our you know partners at hall flowers or whatever it may be but it's yeah it's get in the mix your your answer is get in the mix and just start working my answer is the exact same i would say it's even worth it to make no money at all and just be in the mix because again there's no one proven here yet. So if you're good, you can be the CEO of a company. It's not like you're going to join fucking the mailroom of, of CAA and take 10 years to get up there. You could join the mailroom of, of a cannabis company now and be running it in 24 months. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. What? And you do reach out, like you said, cold call. All day. I, How do you deal? Tons. Do, are you cool with rejection? Like what's your like? Of course. The, the worst Fail I can fast. Say? Yeah, fail fast. Just yeah, absolutely. Get I don't, it out the th- way. That's why it's even like skip to the end. Like, let's just, you know, go to, you know, every single person, talk to them. And I got rejected a couple of days ago by like a, a kind of a hero of mine. And I said, would you ever do weed stuff? And he said, uh, maybe. Uh, and then he looked back at me and said, no. And he walked away. And it was like so harsh. Honestly, I can't say his name because I'm, like, I'm like, like, he's like my hero. But um, he was questioning it, and then he just said no. Then he said no, you know. And uh, but I'm so glad it happened because I can move on. You know what I mean? 
Now I don't need to. Yeah, maybe hit you, him you up. ain't gonna dwell on it. You know like, all right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so you fail, fucked up. Yeah. Fail fast. Yeah. You know. Just get to it, dude. What? And what else I learned is you have a very like you have a passion. Like you, you are one to chase a passion. You like something, you're gonna go for it and go all in. Definitely. You did it with skateboarding. You did it with punk. You did it with fashion. Now you're in the cannabis space. You got one of the biggest spaces, networking, like a, like a like a shared workspace in the country. And you're gonna do one of the biggest festivals. What's this yeah. Green Street Fest? You guys looking for a host? Um, I think I, I, I definitely down <laughs> to include you, of course. I didn't know you we weren't doing that. I didn't know you were actually weren't officially involved, but I'd love to have you involved, of course. Let's go. Look, you see um, what I'm saying? Fail fast. Let's go. I Get got, it in exactly there. right. Um, Mike Glazer, who just texted me, dear friend, uh, is he was be here a, last week. Okay, amazing. He's he's doing something with it too. I asked if he if he'd host some stuff too. Yeah, he said he would. Um, I've worked with him a couple of times. Yeah, now. yeah, I, I love, love that guy. I love Mike. Yeah, we're having uh, some lunch this weekend. What? And um, but we're basically. At um, no, we're gonna. He wants me to go to a, a sandwich spot that he just okay. found. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, we have. A, I have. Uh, anyway, you're a sandwich uh, guy. Sandwich guy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, but the festival is essentially, you know, the the festival is me building something as an attendee that is necessary. You know, I think there should be ten plus events, cannabis consumer events in California per year from San Francisco to San Diego. I love Dougie and Chalice. I wish that he'll bring it back or something like it, please. I love Dr. K and Kushstock. Obviously, Emerald Cup, you know, is, is a super important event. But that's... Have you been to the secret sessions, the legal ones yet? I, I know didn't I've invited go, I didn't, you. I didn't go. You did invite me. I didn't I've go the other day. I've invited all of them. Yeah, you did invite all of them. Uh, I didn't go the other <laughs> night. I will pro I will hopefully go to the next one. Uh, it's just never worked out timing-wise. It's but, okay. We're busy. But, you know, and, uh, and, and again, I don't... I can't... So I can't judge that event properly, but there still should be a ton of these events, you know, 10, yes. ten events, ten, whatever it may be, like one every month, there should be something going on, you know, uh, and our partner, Gary V, obviously is a big event guy. Um, we were trying to convince um, our partners and Hall of Flowers to turn that into a more of a consumer thing. They weren't, they didn't really want to do it. They wanted to focus on B2B, which I think that's the, the right decision maybe anyways. And so we just decided to do our own festival. And um, I didn't want to do it. I didn't plan on doing it. I was hoping there'd be a ton of other options. Uh, a lot of people talk about doing shit, but we just went out. We raised a little bit of money and, you know, DIY punk style, right? Just like just like the other festivals, just like yeah. the shows. I rented a venue. I fucking called 50 different vendors. I'm getting all the stuff. I'm Make it people, happen. People are like, who's producing your thing? What companies did you hire? And I'm like, we're doing it. Yeah. Like, I did it without the internet before. And 3,000 people came to the show without the internet. Yeah. Now I, I need 6,000 people to come to this one. And we have, we got like, it. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. One like shout Gary, out from somebody. Yeah. Good. And Gary has like 20 million followers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and and yeah. you have performers? Yeah. So, what's, so, so, what's, so what are we, so, what are we going to so see? So we wrap it up with this. So, so it's, this is my strategy. I've been to, and you have been to every one of these events around the world. Uh, going okay? to Spanibus next month. And what my belief is that people just want to smoke weed with their friends. Yes. That's it. They just want to see each other IRL. They just want to see each other IRL. They want to try all the new flavors. Well, when you're talking to one person, eight more people walk by, and you don't even end up leaving. You sit somewhere for four hours sometimes. Yeah, it's great to see someone face-to-face right. -face look in their eyes, so, see them smiling. It's a great And it's like feeling. tasting and flavors and yes. stuff. So, so, so weed is the headliner right, yes. of the festival. And, shout out to growers. And Shout out to growers. And every single meeting we have, I literally remind people that weed is the headliner. That's all this is about. It's about smoking weed with your friends, period. Okay? Weed. Now, I love it. I want to try it. Now, after that, we'll do it in a second. Um, after that, normally these events are far away. 
they're out in the middle of nowhere, right? So, so the food what, secret, secret session, secret yeah. session I, I'd been, and I didn't see what the food was like there. But it was like food to me then is the next thing they want to do. Yeah. Have food and drinks. And you don't want it to be a fried dough necessarily in a sausage or whatever. No, we had some, some good food. So so I'm bringing out the top 10 restaurants in the city, in my opinion. Ooh. Two Michelin star restaurants, Ooh. eight others. We didn't have all that, but we had know, good food. And, I, and I'm investing <laughs> a ridiculous amount of money into the food program. I, like, I, I'm spending... Yes, and I'm spending. And I think everyone else will appreciate it. I see how so, Mike, where Mike's coming in, a culinary yeah, chef. Yeah, so, exactly. So, so I'm <laughs> so I'm bringing the top restaurants out. We're like building out their spaces for them. I'm, you know, I'm 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 quote unquote losing money on the food because I don't care because I just it's part Passion of the experience, project. you know. But it needs to be part of the experience. It won't be complete without yeah. the food. So number one, weed is the headliner. Number two, food. I want the best restaurants in the city. These restaurants are hurting. Sandwiches. There'll be some sandwiches. Uncle, pa- Uncle Polly's Deli is going to be there. Gusto Green is going to be there. Afters is going to be there. Uh, Petite Peso is going to be there. Um, what else do we got? Uh, uh, Yeasty Boys. And all of the re- chefs and restaurants are making exclusive dishes. I met Yeasty Boys dude at Evan. A, a falafel spot. I met Evan's, in the Evan's valley. like family. Yeah. So, so with the meat guy too. He was with the meat guy. Okay, nice. nice. You know what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. So, so they're all making exclusive items. So all all special dishes. So for they're the all going to be that you really can, that you can only get at the event, right? Well, do you need and, NFTs to get these? No, no, just okay. normal normal money, you know. <laughs> and then from there, the third thing, right? So it's weed, food, and then it's music, right? And instead of having music all day, there'll be like background music all day, DJs and whatever. But instead of like a performances all day, which is usually happens at these things, I have I'm treating it like a fireworks show at the end of the night. So the sun will set, Gary will come on. 30-minute Braveheart speech or whatever, and then that will go right into hopefully him, if we can time it, introducing Juicy J, who's our headliner, together with a handful of other celebrity artists that are going to come out as part of the Juicy J kind of family. And um, and that's still only 45 minutes or so of music, right? So it's like super tight because, again, we're smoking weed all day, we're dabbing all day, people are out of it, drinking yeah. fucking whatever, edibles. Last thing you need is four hours of music. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. So Just Keep it going, keep it fast-paced, keep it... Yes. Entertaining, yes. engaging. That's one thing I say about these festivals and these shows is it's just like they're big swap meets. It's just a bunch of that's boots right. that right. are just trying to push products down your throat for you yep. to buy. Yep. And that's how I started getting involved with these yep. events. Is I was like, yep. this is boring as fuck. Yep. Bring some entertainment. And I just yep. set up a microphone and a speaker and just started yelling at the audience. And then it grew into yep. hosting yep. these events. Yep. Yep. But listen, Rama, I know Andrew's going to come here in a second. No Rama, Green Street, Hall of Flowers, bunch of brands, flower, a bunch of cannabis brands, projects coming up. Follow him. Can you shout out? You want to shout out your socials? Where can they find you? Websites? Yeah, just at Green Street, spelt out, you know. G-R-E-E-N. S-T-R-E-E-T. Hey. Yeah, yeah. And then. And uh, there's going to be some exciting things happening at Green Street, too, with some events going on I know yeah 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 the building's crazy we didn't really talk about it but you know Gusto Green award-winning restaurant group on the bottom floor they have a restaurant called Felix here in Venice uh, California and 10 restaurants in Toronto we got Hyperwolf taking the second floor of the building building stay tuned we got some shit going on should I have said that I don't know if I should have said that out loud but too late um Shit. Okay. Anyway, I'm excited about that. Well, well, I know because uh, I've been, yeah. you know, I just did something with them too recently. Okay, great, great. And yes, uh, that's right. we were talking right. about yeah. that floor. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So there I, might be some exciting so, things coming up, guys. Stay yeah. tuned. Stay tuned, guys. Yeah. And then a bunch of awesome, great brands in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just getting started. In GreenStreetLosAngeles.com, all spelled out for the website. Um, my Instagram personally is just my name, which is Rama Thomas David Mayo. 
Um, but whatever, you know, I don't, I don't really care about promoting shit. So. <laughs> He's just out here. I just want him to come and just drop some uh, knowledge and some motivation and inspiration. I learned a lot, dude. I know there's so much more we can talk about. Yeah, we should do it again. We barely fucking scratched the fucking tip. Pause. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll do. Uh, I'll show up on time next time. No, no, we're good, dude. Please, yeah. please, we're fine. This is. This, that's why I don't do like live shows. Anymore like with schedules and shit Cause look you see how traffic was dude LA's yeah. crazy yeah. especially at the time I do this I'm gonna try to see what's up with it But listen I learned a lot I learned to just Fucking go with your gut Don't right. fucking hesitate Hesitation causes fear Fear causes pain so Lizard brain you know about the lizard brain or no What's lizard brain Okay you can end it with this There's a ten, um, um, uh, uh, Seth Godin Writer, super famous author, has a video called Lizard Brain, quieting the lizard brain. And he basically explains that we have a lizard brain like every other animal. Because we're reptilians? And then maybe, I guess so. And then our normal brain grew around it, right? So it's a little teeny brain in our thing. And that lizard brain is like eat, fucking flee kind of thing, right? And um, that's why you hesitate. You know, because your your you th- your gut is like do this thing, and then you go, oh, I'm not sure. Like right before you send something, or you're about to do, you have this weird like second like yeah, across the always. road. I might get hit. It's that's the lizard brain. So if you watch quieting the lizard brain video, you'll recognize that. Oh shit, that's the lizard brain. Stop listening to that. Go. What? You hear that, Ken? <laughs> quieting the lizard brain. <laughs> quieting. Listen, Rama. It's been a pleasure. There's so much more we can talk about. Uh, we will get you in here soon. I'm sure you'll see a lot more coming from Green Street if you are in uh, the cannabis or just yeah. regular culture lifestyle, dude. Yeah, you know, it's going to be crazy. I think we're just getting started, to be honest. What you, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. barely in the embryonic state. You just yeah. got the foundation. Now we we, we yeah, out right. here, dude. That's right. There's so much stuff coming. You know, I'm, I'm going to... There might be some coming. Listen, listen, listen. Stay tuned, guys. Twitch, stay tuned. Podcast, stay tuned. Listen, I appreciate all y'all hanging out with us if you're here. Appreciate y'all. We learned a lot. I Thank hope you. you did too. Kentron, it's always a pleasure having you here with the vibe. Oh. How you been? Anything exciting coming up? We got to get you booked at Green Street for one of these events to just play the I would keys. Love, I was thinking about that. I would love he to do that. He sings too, you know. And I would he, love to do that. He can do, he's, you know, Kentron used to be in a, uh, uh, he's an award-winning Michael Jackson impersonator. Michael Jackson. <laughs> he, he can do Michael Jackson songs. He got the outfits. He can do like, you what? can have him pull up and do a whole Michael Jackson set, dude. Um, I would love to explore Listen, that. Listen, we'll talk. We'll talk. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to Hayes Radio. I'm going to let Kentron take us out. You know who it is. The highest host, Adam Hill. You know where to find me, baby. Just adamhill.com. You'll find everything. Uh, once again, I'll see y'all next week. I've told you I'm going to try to do this every Wednesday for 2022, guys. All right? Every Wednesday, 2022. Except for March because I'm going to Spain. So one Wednesday, I'm going to miss do it. it. You got to do it live from there. I'm going to be on a plane. I'm flying Wednesday. Okay. Well. Into Spain, on thir- and then landing Thursday. Hmm. And I'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I'm coming back We'll Monday. figure it out. Listen, we'll, we'll make it happen. Are you going? No. Oh, shit. Guest, I'll, right. guest host. I'll host your show. Oh, listen, we can talk. We can talk. Listen, enough about us, dude. I'll see y'all later. I'll see you guys next time. All right? Can't try to take us out, baby. Bye. Thank you. Rama Mayo, baby. No, right now, right now, I'm too burnt.
You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.